Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Alan Visberg. He is a life recalibration expert, creator of the Seamless Method, and the author of The New Love Triangle, a practical guide to a love-filled life. Alan and I will be discussing his journey in recalibrating his life and his latest book, The New Love Triangle. Good morning, Alan. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm uh, a little sleepy. I was uh, up late <laughs> watching the Cubs, uh, so uh, that's uh, that's starting to wear on me already. <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you on the air with me this morning. The New Love Triangle is a very interesting read. The guides are wonderful and easy to follow, and I also love in particularly the call-outs that you have in the book, throughout the book, so to speak. Fantastic. So congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, and uh, uh, I enjoyed writing it. So uh, it's, uh, I think that goes, uh, that goes across in the book, as I've heard from people, that they really uh, feel like I'm sitting there in the room talking to them, which is what I was going for. So I'm happy. Wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Sure. Um, I was born in 1989. uh, 89, that's funny. I'm so used to saying 1989 because that's the year when I came to the United States. Uh, I was born in Uh 1975. Uh, I was 14 when I came to the United States uh, from Ukraine with my parents uh, who were seeking for us to have a better life. So, uh, you know, happy childhood and uh, obviously big changes as we went to a new place, a new world, a new language, new everything. Um, mm-hmm. I went to high school. I, uh, I acted as a, as a child, so I thought that was going to be my profession along with being a professional tennis player. And between those two, I chose uh, neither, and I became an mm-hmm. IT professional because my parents told me that I need to get a real job uh, and not focus on the <laughs> hobby so much. So uh, I got a real job. Uh, didn't love every aspect of it, uh, found something within it that I enjoyed, which was entrepreneurial in nature, and I created a business. Uh, my first business uh, went out of business when September 11th hit. Um, I was in $350,000 of personal debt. I mm-hmm. came out of that hole. I uh, started another business. Well, actually, started the other business that helped me get out of that hole. And... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, made, uh, I guess, what we would call a success story. I you know, took a business mm-hmm. from nothing to a uh, couple million dollars a year in revenue business. And mm-hmm. um, in 2012, I saw that I was done with that cycle. I needed to do mm-hmm. something else. So I left uh, IT and I didn't work in IT full time for about a period of four years. And during that mm-hmm. time, I uh, started the radio show. I finished Second City. I uh, did a movie, I wrote uh, my first book, and um, really tried to figure out what it is that I want to do with my life and uh, where I fit in. Um, So that's a part of that is where Mm -hmm. Seamless uh, Method came from, and uh, a consequence of which was the book, The New Love Triangle. Throughout your life, as you went through the process of a journey, obviously, 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were periods of time that you were going through to whereby you're asking yourself in terms of your life purpose. Mm-hmm. When are those times? Uh, all the time. <laughs> so it's been a constant. <laughs> it's, it's been a constant. Why am I here? What am I doing? Uh, mm-hmm. Is this the best utilization of my time? Uh, mm-hmm. It's a constant uh, driver. You know, people have mm-hmm. different drivers in life. For some, it's mm-hmm. money. For others, it's wealth and power. For you know, many, it's uh, just being there for their family. Uh, there are many drivers. For me, the driver is: Am I actually living my essence? Which became mm-hmm. those uh, you know those words that echoed mm-hmm. in my mind uh, from 2010 that led me mm-hmm. to uh, to make that radical change of uh, of leaving my IT career. Uh, live your essence. So those three words. Mm-hmm. were constantly in the back of my mind. If you think of uh, uh, Ray Kinsella, if you, uh, if you build it, he will come. I had the same thing, yeah. and I knew what it meant, and I knew that I was not living my essence, but I didn't know mm-hmm. how I could do it. So uh, mm-hmm. it came to uh, you know, a final uh, apex in 2012 when I left. But mm-hmm. the life purpose and the whole point of recalibration is to assist anyone, including myself, and that's how I started, mm-hmm. on getting in line with that life purpose. So it's mm-hmm. been a constant and continues to be such. Were you happy throughout that journey, the process, before you reached that epiphany in life? Uh, I wouldn't say that I reached the epiphany <laughs> quite yet because we're always <laughs> growing. And once yeah. you think you've come to a certain point, you realize how far away from uh, everything you truly are. Um, I, yes, I, I am a very optimistic and a happy person by nature. So, uh, I absolutely can say that I was happy, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't miserable during many parts of Mm -hmm. that journey because Mm -hmm. it is difficult. You are changing everything. Uh, people around you are reacting in a way that is, uh, beholden to what they hold inside of themselves and it comes out, Mm -hmm. uh, criticism to you. So there were many times during that, uh, the journey that I did not, enjoyed but thankfully mm-hmm. i you know uh having my eye on the ball so to speak and uh, overall mm-hmm. i would definitely say that it was a happy journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting so what led you to write the new love triangle um well when i created the the seamless method uh which mm-hmm. is the you know eight habits to a successful uh happy healthy life um mm-hmm. one of those habits is love and uh, when I was teaching people the love uh, principles, um, I created the principles of the love triangle. I didn't really call it that way. I just knew that there were three types of love that I wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. we had it in the course, and I knew, as all of us know, uh, somewhere deep inside that there's more to this. And I, I even told people that this is a separate program, and I'm likely going to write a book on it. And I kept on saying mm-hmm. that, and I knew it uh, as it was just a matter of time. And then a a good friend of mine started writing her book and that process and her encouragement and uh, her essentially calling me out and saying, okay, I'm writing mine. Where's the new love triangle or where's your, where's your book? (laughs) That kind of kicked me into gear and that was the last straw. And I sat down and I wrote it. Why a triangle? Um, uh, Part of it is just a a little pun and uh, fun because, Mm -hmm. uh, in life, we're supposed to have fun. We're not supposed to be all serious, as you sure. can probably tell by uh, by the interview. Um, yeah. So I thought it would be interesting uh, to have a new love triangle 
and see how people react to it. And there were <laughs> there's been some interesting reactions. <laughs> uh, that being said, it actually uh, made a lot of sense to me because um, there are three types of love that I'm describing, and triangle is uh, is one of the sacred uh, signs. And when you're looking at it, when you're thinking in terms of pillars, uh, those are three pillars, and those are the three types of love. And uh, mm-hmm. when we look at it in terms of a triangle, it's something that we can build on and it can serve as a foundation for everything else. So there are serious reasons behind it. There are energetic reasons behind it, spiritual ones, and just uh, plain old me having fun. Very interesting. The book is very different from a lot of books about love, companionship, and so forth. How is your book different from Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages? Yeah, I I loved uh, Gary Chapman's book and uh, maybe loved is incorrect because I still do. Uh, I, I've had mm-hmm. the pleasure of having Dr. Chapman on my radio show a, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. his book was one that uh, really assisted me and my wife, uh, or my wife and I. Uh, see, there's mm-hmm. the, the immigrant grammar and uh, incorrect English coming into play. Um, you have you have a situation where you know my wife and I got married and we realized that uh, obviously we loved each other, but there was an issue with uh, communicating that love and understanding that love because what I thought what love and expression of love was was different than what my wife perceived it to be and vice versa. And she found mm-hmm. the book. I don't remember how she found it uh, or who recommended it to her, but we read it early in our marriage. And uh, it was a blessing because it taught mm-hmm. us that, hey, it's okay and we are different. And it made me understand what my wife's love language was and uh, for her to understand what my love language was. And it really helped us. That being said, uh, reading that book and rereading it, uh, you know, a number of years later, I I couldn't Mm. help but notice that there was one part that I would like to add to that book. Um, It talks about the five love languages. I think there is a sixth or a first, if you Mm. will. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, learn to love yourself. Because you cannot mm-hmm. love somebody else until you learn to love yourself first. And not in right. the egotistical variety, but in the appreciate yourself, understand who sure. you are. Thus, you can actually start the offering love. You cannot give what you do not possess. Um, right. So I wanted to uh, to add that. And uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to add anything to Gary's book. But as I was writing <laughs> mine, that was uh, definitely one of the things that I wanted to bring up. The beauty of mm-hmm. that book and the information in it plus the additional steps. Certainly, I understand that. Who are the new love triangles intended to? Uh, well, as as, uh, as marketing would tell you, there is a certain audience for it. As authors would tell you, the book is meant for anyone who chooses to read it. So I fall, yeah. uh, I, I fall all over that spectrum. But in reality, I believe that this book is for somebody who is in a relationship or has been in a relationship. This book is Mm -hmm. for somebody who is uh, more open-minded rather than stuck in certain uh, belief uh, systems. And this book is for somebody who is uh, ready to take uh, the next step. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. that in a, you know, this is the proper way of doing things and before you were doing it the wrong way, but it's the next step in their own evolution. Because this will challenge some beliefs and this will allow people to break through certain barriers and uh, mm-hmm. it's the application of love. It's not just reading a mm-hmm. book that tells you what love is and what it's not, but it's really more of what you can do about it every single day 
in order to make love manifest throughout your life? When I read the book, the essence of what I got at its core of self-love, like you talk about in the very first chapter, and the entire book in all actuality, it's a voyage of self-discovery. you got to know mm-hmm. yourself first. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. And uh, it's how it started for me. And you know, mm-hmm. as somebody who works with people, I see uh, the same tendencies in many others. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily our fault, now, although you know, the whole concept of fault can be a separate conversation. <laughs> the show. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, what we've uh, come to believe uh, based on uh, what we read, based on what we've been told or taught. You know, we're taught to love others. Uh, we're even, mm-hmm. you know, heard the phrase, love others as you would yourself, but we forget the love yourself part. Uh, right. Or we think that loving yourself is wrong and it's egotistical and um, all the negativity assigned to it. And what we don't realize and what many people don't realize is that they're not really focusing on learning who they are. Um, you cannot find your life purpose if you don't know who you are. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in truth, buried under many of the structures that we put up based on our fears and other belief systems, we, we know mm-hmm. who we are. We know why we're here. We know what experiences mm-hmm. we're seeking and what makes our soul sing. The mm-hmm. only difference is what are we going to do about it? And until you look yourself in the mirror directly and acknowledge yourself for who you are and then decide Mm -hmm. on who you choose to be, you won't make any actionable steps. And that's uh, that's kind of what this book is and what it's trying to do at its core. Very true. The only comment I have as far as that goes is that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's scary to look at oneself because you are a sum total of who you have been all these years, and then when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can project what you want to be or be the person that you are some total of who you are right now and not change. It's true, (laughs) and it is scary. It is scary to look at yourself in the mirror because it's a very vulnerable position. Um, Mm -hmm. we, We can tell others how we feel or what we think, but we can't tell ourselves. We try, but we know the thought behind the thought. Um, so any facade, all of this really falls away when you truly take a look at yourself. And that is a important step without which you really won't get to learning to love and accept yourself. And then it'll be much harder for you to learn and love others. So all of that is, is a part of the journey. Uh, if I'm thinking in terms of the new love triangle, the book itself, it's really mm-hmm. just the first it's the fundamental mm-hmm. principles on which everything else is built. And mm-hmm. technically speaking, if we're, if we're talking from the spiritual perspective, loving yourself goes away. It goes away. Yeah. Once you learn how to love yourself, then you learn how to love others. And then you learn mm-hmm. how to love your life in general. Then you stop mm-hmm. worrying about loving yourself because mm-hmm. it becomes something that is natural. It's like learning mm-hmm. to drive. First you learn how to drive, then you just drive. You're not thinking about it. You're just driving. Hopefully not texting at the same time, but you're just driving. Right. So, uh, <laughs> same thing with loving yourself. But until you learn to look at the mirror and actually do something about what you're seeing there, mm-hmm. you won't be able to drive freely. Mm-hmm. 
this is really identifying the good, the bad, and the ugly in you, basically. And then what do you want to do about it? Um, yes, although I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily phrase it that way because uh, then we start <laughs> figuring the, uh, the bad and the ugly. There's really nothing bad or ugly about us. It's all yeah. good. It's all different experiences. And how we perceive those experiences to be is how we start judging ourselves. And sure. a part of this book, hopefully, is uh, is trying to teach you not to judge yourself and to accept mm -hmm. yourself and to accept what you have done in the past. Find yourself in the present and stay there because it's not about your past. It's really not about your future. It is about right mm -hmm. now, this present moment mm -hmm. out of which everything mm -hmm. else comes. In what way does self-love relate to loving others? Uh, in a In a very elemental way. Uh, elementary, my dear Watson, <laughs> but elemental <laughs> the perspective of the foundational principle. Um, mm -hmm. When we're loving others, it's not just the you know the the movie type of love, uh, right? It's not the um, euphoric type of love that uh, that seems to go away after a little while. It's really understanding, accepting, and being there for somebody else. And you cannot do that until you've done that for yourself. You cannot mm -hmm. accept somebody for who they are if you are judging them. And you will continue judging them if you're judging yourself. Because what we project onto others is what's within us inherently. So mm -hmm. that's where we should start. If you want to think of self-love as a starting point, then it's a good place to start. Learn to love and appreciate yourself, your journey. Work on yourself. Be kind to yourself. And all of those organically will transfer onto others. Loving others be unconditional? It's an interesting uh, statement because we're taught about unconditional love. And yet we see mm -hmm. conditionality everywhere around us. From the same mm -hmm. people who tell us that they love us unconditionally, we see that that is simply not true. So for us mm -hmm. to set our sights to that particular you know, uh, level would probably mm -hmm. be setting ourselves up for more disappointment, which is unrealistic at the moment. Um, it's like thinking of anything that is pure. Pure anything uh, in our society is very difficult to come by. So should love be unconditional? Love is unconditional. That is its natural state. Love does not mm -hmm. have conditions. That being said, the way that we apply, appreciate, understand, and accept love has many conditions over it. And as close mm -hmm. as we can come to loving for real, which is unconditionally, mm -hmm. without expectations, without judgment, mm -hmm. the better off we are. And whether you choose to focus on others or yourself or your day, doesn't really matter. What are some of the destructive behaviors of loving someone? Um, again, it really starts with, it, it emanates from us, so it starts with us. Uh, it's not necessarily what others do. It's how we perceive it. You know, when we're expecting something and we're not getting it in return, we're going to lash out because we expected them to be better. We expected them to be different. We've built up a whole set of expectations and behaviors. And when they're not met, we're unhappy. We're really unhappy with ourselves because mm -hmm. if we look further down to it and start digging, we realize that why are we reacting this way in the first place? Is it really something that they've done? You know, uh, talking about the standard example of the you know husband leaving socks on the floor. 
you know, is it really mm-hmm. that that bothers you? And most often it's not. Um, it's within. So the destructiveness of loving others really is from not understanding who we are and not getting all of the fears and anxieties and all of the baggage out from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then you can actually learn to love somebody else once you are free of it. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about self-awareness right here. So how important is self-awareness in loving uh, others? Yeah, it's critical, right? Because um, if you're not aware of your own thoughts, and once you're aware of your own thoughts, you'll start being aware of your own emotions. And then you start uh, understanding whether these are your own emotions or they're emanating from other people and you're just picking them up. You know, all of that is really a, uh, a, uh, a tangled web, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a part mm-hmm. of the beautiful tapestry of life that we live in. So mm-hmm. for us, we really need to remember that self-awareness is a foundational principle. How we breathe, how we think, how we act, all of that is a process of self-awareness. Us being in the human form, if we're looking at it from the spiritual perspective, is a self-awareness. We are realizing ourselves in a material form as spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. So all of this mm-hmm. is relating to the uh, the universal principles. That's very interesting. One of the things that I got from reading your book as well, and this is sort of, it engages all of us because our intentions are good. It's like mm-hmm. what I would say, we all start out to do things right. But in the course of trying to do things right, we may not do the right thing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. why is loving others the best way you know how simply not good enough? Because the way that you know how to love others is not necessarily the way that they know how to accept it or mm-hmm. how you um, understand love and how you express it and how you uh, define it is not the same mm-hmm. way that others. So just because, and let's let's get the specific example. So it's not just a, a yeah. discussion, but you know, if I believe that uh, bringing flowers to somebody is an expression of love, and that is the way that I express it, I give the flowers right. to that person, and they are thankful for it. But their mm-hmm. understanding of love is going out and doing shopping because that really mm-hmm. helps them in their life and that takes things off of their plate. So then you have a uh, dissonance. You have one person who's expressing love, the other person who's appreciative of it, but that's not their understanding of what love is. So just because you wish to express it and you genuinely want to do something nice for the other person and tell them that you love them, if you're doing it in a way that they do not understand or accept or want, then who are you really helping? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true, because you might think bringing home flowers is a show of love, but your wife yeah. might be looking at it like you didn't throw the trash out this morning. <laughs> exactly. And then everybody is unhappy. Your wife is unhappy right. and she's going to say that you yeah. do not understand her. You're going to be unhappy right. because she obviously doesn't get you. And what's the point of bringing flowers if she doesn't appreciate it in the first place? And then you go to a psychologist trying to figure out what's wrong with your marriage. <laughs> One of the things that I do when I speak is the best way to start off a communication, in this case from a loving communication, is to say, 
how may I contribute to your happiness today? And you just take away what you think that's needed and put it on the recipients. You're right. And that, that perfectly illustrates what I was talking about, that at some point, that whole self-love is irrelevant because you're yeah. getting to the point where it's not about you. It's about mm -hmm. the world that you live in. It's about mm -hmm. others. And we can judge where we are on that uh, spectrum very quickly because anytime you're speaking to somebody, you're having a conversation or you're having a meeting, are you fully present in the meeting and what is your intention? Are you there for the other person or are you there for yourself? Are you talking about yourself more than you're talking and trying to help somebody else? Then you know where mm -hmm. you are. And it's not a judgment mm -hmm. upon you. It's just a reality of where you are in that spectrum. And use it as a gauge. But yes, mm -hmm. love is about being in that with others. So it's not just mm -hmm. about self-love. It is not just about loving others. It is not just about loving your day. It is being mm -hmm. in the all-encompassing arms of love mm -hmm. all the time. And this mm -hmm. book mm -hmm. is a start on how to actually get you there. Very interesting. That brings me to talking about your day. Do you have suggestions on how to love your day? Yes, get more sleep. Which actually is a real suggestion, and uh, you can look up, you know, American uh, Medical Association, and they will tell you the same right. thing for very specific reasons. Um, but I think all of this, um, it, this suggestion is not just about loving your day, but about love in general, is mm -hmm. forget all of the rules, forget what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. If you are joyful. If you are joyful in your heart, then everything else naturally happens. We tend to complicate things, and they're not supposed to be complicated. One of my, mm -hmm. uh, one of my teachers, uh, Sean Duperin, in uh, her uh, beautiful workshops, she says, mm -hmm. it's not that deep. It's really not that deep. If you are mm -hmm. joyful, if there is love in your heart, everything naturally happens. When birds are flying, they're not trying to fly. They're just flying. That's what happens. Specifically speaking, there are things that you can do to get yourself into that mode. And I think if we start out with uh, being joyful, we wake up in the morning, we look outside, it's beautiful, we think what a great day, and then we get stuck in traffic, then immediately negative programming starts taking over. So there are specific mm -hmm. steps that you can do in order to combat that and to get yourself back to your actual state of joy and love and purity. And that's where, you know, a part of this book is dealing with it. Uh, if you hate your work, start uh, appreciating the people that you like at your work or start understanding mm -hmm. why you're doing it in the first place and who it really helps. Uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't like your career choices, then, you know, think of all of the value that your work is actually providing for the people who this company is building products for. There are many, many, many things that you can do, but all of it is really trying to tune you into positivity. Uh, I sit in traffic, uh, you, know, you know, I'm right now, I'm doing this from a conference room at, uh, at my office. Uh, I mm -hmm. sit in traffic about 45 uh, minutes uh, each way. So what I mm. do is instead of uh, listening to sports or politics or, or even music, although music is, yeah. is definitely my second choice, is I listen to uh, audiobooks. And I am mm -hmm. listening and uh, hearing read to me an amazing uh, spiritual book 
and my commute mm-hmm. instead of an hour and a half chore or anything else that I can put on it becomes a beautiful part of my growth and an important part of my day so much so that I look forward to driving. Anything mm-hmm. that we're doing mm-hmm can be viewed as a negative or a positive. It really all depends on us. So loving your day is about that. Being in a state of positivity, no matter where you are, releasing your expectations, releasing the negativity, and focusing on what your joy is. That's true. And in your book, you talk about Masaru Emoto, The Hidden Messages in Water. I read that book a long, long time ago. And it was quite fascinating about you showing depiction of the picture and how things around you, and in this case, of course, Dr. Emoto worked with water and how that energy creates beautiful things or ugly things. But you yeah. are the tech of that. Absolutely. And uh, we don't need to, and uh, I, I have you know, a great admiration for, uh, for Dr. Emoto's work. Um, but whether you agree with the work or not, let's just, Think mm-hmm. about it from a purely human level. If one of your friends tells you that uh, you are a horrible person, how would you react to it? And mm-hmm. the reaction could be one of defiance. It could be one of anger. It could be one of sadness. There are all sorts of different things, but there is a reaction to it because we are affected by the words of others. Words of others are vibrations. We are made up uh, mostly of water. We're 60-plus percent of water. So Dr. Emoto's research showed what happens when you say certain things to a water droplet and how it changes its molecular structure. If we are Mm -hmm. made up mostly of water, what do you think happens to us? And you know what happens to us based on the example of somebody telling you something nasty or mean. You also know the opposite. If somebody is loving you and you know that they don't want anything from you, they're just loving you, like your parents, Mm -hmm. like your pets, like any other example that you can use here. you transform and you stop judging yourself. You stop worrying about things. You're just in that state of joy and love. And that is what that work is showing. It's showing that Mm -hmm. we are directly affected. What it's also showing is you don't have to say anything. You can just think it because thoughts are material. So Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. say, I love you thinking I hate you at the same time. And the, effect will be one of hate. It will not be of love. It's the thought that matters and the thought behind the thought that matters. So going back to the basics, be at your purest state of joy and love and everything else is going to work out fine in terms of other people saying things to you or you saying things to others. And the most important thing, what I gather as well, if you are armed with this love around you because it's self-generated from within... Mm-hmm. then that's your armor as well. You can repel other negative energies that's thrown towards you. That's true. Um, the interesting part there, and uh, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second because I love yeah. what my father-in-law used to say. He said that the sun is going to keep on shining no matter how many times you choose to spit at it uh, because <laughs> it's the sun. So it really yeah. doesn't matter. So if you're shining, yeah. you're going to repel that. Uh, right. Interestingly enough, you know, vibrationally speaking, um, the only way that negativity can affect you is if it is within you. So if somebody Mm -hmm. says something mean or if you see something outside, if you see trauma, uh, if you see uh, 
um, anything that would cause you to have fear in your heart, that means that it's already there. It's really right. a reflection of what is within you. So if you have no fear, if you have no negativity within you, then it doesn't really matter what others are thinking or saying to you because it will not resonate. Thus, it cannot mm -hmm. stick. That armor is by default, but that armor depends on you. So mm -hmm. what people try to use as an armor uh, is amulets. Uh, they use protection uh, mechanisms. They use all sorts of things. And they ask for you know, angels to assist them, which is all great. Uh, yeah. Those same angels will tell you, get to the state where you are not fearful and where you're loving and you don't need any protection because nothing can stick to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. Think Mother Teresa. I uh, just uh, finish the thought on this. Think Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. who was going to war-torn war nations, who was uh, in the places where you know most of us would not uh, dare show up, and she went there with love. Did she get hurt in the process? No, because at some point, when you are at that level of love, and I'm not saying all of us need to be at that level, but it just illustrates right. that when you are pure, when you are loving, everything else protects you naturally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's very true because we talk about whenever you encounter even animals, so to speak, animals can mm -hmm. sense your fear or they yep. can sense your confidence and they back off. Absolutely. Uh, they pick up on those uh, fine, fine uh, vibrations. Uh, mm -hmm. I learned when I was a kid, and that was you know, one of the first things that we learned when we were around dogs. Don't be afraid of the dog. They can sense it. Yeah, mm -hmm. they do. And it's not just dogs. People can sense it, too. I remember walking down the street when I was a boy, and I saw a man walking towards me. And, uh, you know, he was a uh, well-built uh, man who uh, mm -hmm. uh, did not wear a smile on his face. And uh, when approaching him, I had fear. And he looked at mm -hmm. me and he smiled. He said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. um, right. It was a lesson that I'll never forget because a person can see um, a mm -hmm. kid mm -hmm. coming towards him and being afraid of him. All of us mm -hmm. can sense that. All of us know when right. there's somebody in the room, we cannot see them, but we sense them. When somebody is mm -hmm. talking about us, when we're in a restaurant and somebody is sending vibrations in our direction, we know it. Now, whether mm -hmm. it affects us or not, that depends on who we are in the state that we're in. But we sense it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. How do we apply the new love triangle concept in our daily life? Um, by uh, utilizing it, not just reading the book, uh, which if you mm -hmm. read the book, I'm happy. Um, that probably sounds, uh, sounds wrong, but I'm happy that uh, you're at least reading the book. <laughs> what I mean to say by it is, <laughs> The way that you actually get value from the book is not by reading it. It's by applying it. Mm -hmm. And whether you read my book or somebody else's book, uh, anything that you're trying to do only works if you apply it in your life. Reading it is a nice thing, but we read many things. Let's think of how many we actually apply and utilize. And mm -hmm. what we can do in this book, and the reason why I made it short, and the reason why I made it, humorous. And the reason why I only have three steps for each of the uh, love uh, mm -hmm. or the types of love 
is so you can start applying it right away. So you can read it on your way, uh, if you're on a train, you can read it on your way to work and start applying it that minute. So that is what this book is designed to do. It's how to take specific actionable steps for every one of the three types of love, loving yourself, loving others, and loving your day, and start doing it. That's very true, though, because you can either be a learned person or you can experience true success by applying the knowledge that you learn. Absolutely, because there is really no other way. Um, Information will always be around us, and we utilize it to certain respect, but until you fully utilize something, is it going to uh, continue showing up? Uh, All of the problems, if you think throughout your life, all of the problems are circular in nature. They're going to continue coming back to you until you deal with it, and then they will go away for good. Otherwise, they'll continue bothering you. Same thing with knowledge. It comes around every so often when we believe uh, we as in, uh, in a global sense, when the universe believes that you are ready to receive it. But just because you're ready to receive it doesn't mean that you actually do something about it. That part is really up to you. So true. What are some of the obstacles that prevent people from achieving success? Uh, fear. Fear is uh, one of the main obstacles because from fear, everything emanates. Uh, from fear, you start being judgmental of yourself and others. From fear, you start uh, worrying and uh, you have anxiety and frustration expectations are a part of fear. Uh, it's interesting that you know Gary Barnett, who was a coach at Northwestern football team mm-hmm. when I was, uh, when I was uh, in college, I think. Uh, I didn't go to Northwestern, mm-hmm. but we all rooted for him. Uh, I met him once, uh, and uh, he autographed something for me, and he said his uh, favorite phrase, expect victory. And I carried that uh, knowledge with me for a long time until I understand that expecting victory or just the expectations themselves, that's not the proper way of looking at it. Because Mm -hmm. if you expect something and it doesn't happen, then you're setting yourself up for the wrong emotional state. Having an intention of being victorious is different from having expectations of being victorious. So those are some of the fine... uh, find things uh, you know, that are relating to your question and to the book in general. Mm-hmm. So people, um, once they set their mind to something, they will start seeing it because what we project comes to us. Uh, the law of attraction is not something that's, uh, that's very difficult to understand. We are attracting things all the time. It's what mm-hmm. are we actually attracting? And the law of attraction is hopefully trying to teach you how to attract what you need or what you choose. Need would be a wrong word. It's not what you want either. It's what you choose. It's whatever mm-hmm. experience that is chosen by you uh, at multiple levels in terms of the uh, global uh, scale. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic, but uh, these are finer aspects that mm-hmm. are going to be built upon in the next uh, books, starting with mm-hmm. the very basics of it, which is mm-hmm. learning how to love yourself and then go from mm-hmm. there. Very interesting. How about you yourself? How has life recalibration changed your life? Uh, fully. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, 
fully and in a in a beautiful way. I started out uh, as a very loving, very romantic, very creative person who is a mm-hmm. writer and a speaker. But I started out full of fear. I started out full of anxieties, full of um, uh, not appreciating myself and worrying too much about what I don't possess uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of personal or financial or other successes. Um, the focus was different. And it took a while to get to the state that I'm finally starting to arrive at now, which really is just the beginning you know, stages of where I should be and should be mm-hmm. continuing to, uh, to grow into. But recalibration is a constant thing. You are attuning to frequencies of your own soul. The mm-hmm. recalibration really is that. You're attuning to love. You're attuning to your own vibration. And through recalibration, everything changes. Your health, your relationship mm-hmm. with others, your career choices, the way that you uh, deal with people and situations on a momentary basis. Everything changes, and I've seen those changes within me. I used mm-hmm. to hate going to work. I used to hate IT. Now I went back to working uh, full-time in IT, uh, mm-hmm. partially mm-hmm. because I didn't want to think of how many books I sold or uh, is it really you know, working or is it taking <laughs> too long? So I yeah. I went back to work to give uh, everything time to germinate and uh, to work on many right. things that I needed to work on in terms of my lessons. And I can tell right. you that this experience is very different now. I am mm-hmm. utilizing time effectively, mostly. I have room to grow, absolutely. But I really am enjoying what it is that I'm doing, where before mm-hmm. I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very different experience. My wife, um, my wife told me that I'm a different person in a good way. Before I mm-hmm. used to snap at people, I was frustrated because I was frustrated with myself. Once right. I started right. understanding who I was and why I'm here, frustration ceased. All the relationships changed. It's it's a huge, huge difference. What I hear is the fact that once you found that sort of epiphany and you went through that paradigm shift, mm-hmm. your strengths got magnified tremendously and you realize like, wow, these are my strengths and I can really ride the strength to the shore. And then versus when you look back, you will focus on the things that you don't have. And that's what fuel the, for lack of a better term, the insecurity or the frustration from within. And you're always constantly struggling to achieve that, and then you realize that, do I really need that? And you let go of that and start focusing on your strength. And by focusing on that, you are able to expand that strength. It morphosizes itself to all the different things that you have been doing now. That's uh, absolutely correct. Uh, I think many people find themselves in that same situation, which is beautiful mm-hmm. because it gives them right, a chance right. to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on what you do not have, Learn to love and appreciate who you are. Work on that. Don't focus on your weaknesses because you don't have any weaknesses. Focus Mm -hmm. on who you truly are. Focus on who you truly are and what it actually does to help humanity in general. And then everything else from there starts being in a completely different way in terms of how your life turns out. Mm -hmm. So true. What is the best way for people to experience the full measure of your 
practical guide to a love-filled life? Uh, well, to read and then apply it, that, that would be the... Uh, <laughs> uh, reading it will get you started, will get you thinking. Uh, applying it and actually doing it. Uh, habit takes a little bit of a while to form, and you need to do it mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You need to take those first steps, You know, look at yourself in the mirror, start writing mm-hmm. things down, start doing the exercises that I'm telling you, and then you will see the change in yourself and others around you. So the way to really get it is to apply it. Do you have some success stories that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, aside from mine, uh, one of the uh, stories in my uh, that I actually put in my book is mm-hmm. from uh, from a friend who um, didn't talk to her brother for for a long time, and their relationship was really strained. And uh, she read my book. She was doing the exercises of uh, you know, loving herself and loving others. And in loving others, she found uh, a very cathartic, uh, you know, experience of kind of talking to her brother in her own mind and working through the issues, understanding and releasing them. And then all of a sudden, her brother calls, and they had the most fruitful conversation that they've had in years, and because that energy was really. And, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't tell him anything and he didn't say anything, but the energy was very different. So just that pure uh, pure practice of going through the exercise and actually doing it released a lot of the energy, which allowed the new energy to come in and speak to her brother. Um, mm-hmm. I've experienced differences with my parents. You know, we all think that uh, we're supposed to change our parents and the people around us. Once I started following my own principles, I stopped worrying about any of that stuff, and I'm just enjoying my parents for who they are. I love my mm-hmm. parents. There are certain things that used to trigger me that uh, no longer trigger me. And it's a very different relationship. Instead of being a relationship of them saying what they don't like and me you know, res- responding with what I don't like or what I need to change, mm-hmm. we're just sitting and having tea and talking about life. It's a very mm-hmm. different life to live when you stop trying to change others, when you actually understand and appreciate who they are. And it all you know, starts with you. You have to do that with yourself first. So true. At what point in this triangle journey where the me thing transitions into the we thing? Uh, so, again, the, the first part of self-love once you go through it not just reading it but once you do the exercises mm-hmm. you will start noticing a few things you will start noticing that you're tracking your thoughts and that you're starting to become your own um, cheerleader as opposed to uh, your own worst critic so once you start doing that then all of a sudden you notice when other people are being critical of themselves and then you naturally want to help them by either saying something or just within your own mind, wishing them well, sending them love, saying a prayer. All of that are specific things that you can do, but you start noticing that. So it's not really even after you do the whole book or after you read about uh, loving others. It's once you start working on yourself and peeling those uh, layers of uh, onions, ogres are like onions. Uh, Shrek, love Shrek, getting to that point, and you start seeing that in others. So it really is a quick process, but it starts not by just reading. It starts by applying.
So true. You mentioned something very interesting just now. Sometimes it doesn't need to be a verbal communication. It can be a nonverbal communication because your positive energy, as you say something within yourself, in your mind, you relate that energy to the other person and you can mm-hmm. see the difference. Absolutely. Um, and try talking to, uh, you know, if uh, sometimes talking to others is difficult. <laughs> But uh, if you have pets, try talking to your pets. Uh, Or try not talking to your pets, but sending them positivity and see how they react to it because they pick up on these things. Try doing that Mm -hmm. with plants. You'll see. Mm -hmm. You will see Mm -hmm. a physical uh, reaction. And you will know that that works the same way with others. Or forget about all of the techniques and uh, just be happy, be joyful, Mm -hmm. and wish that joy upon others. So true. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, and keep up with your latest happenings? Um, it's it's kind of all over. The book is everywhere on the internet. Uh, in uh, in most countries, it's on Amazon. It's in uh, different bookstores. But maybe the easiest way is just to go to thenewlovetriangle.com. That's my website. The name of the book is the address of the uh, site. Uh, you can find some information about the different chapters. You can see me. You can see what people are saying about it. And it has the links uh, to Amazon where you can purchase it. Uh, otherwise, just Google me. There are only two Alan Vaysbergs out there. One is a very nice lawyer in L.A., and I'm the other guy. <laughs> what is next for you? Uh, next for me is actually a, a truly exciting and uh, an amazing project. Uh, that book I, uh, I told you that I was listening to on my way in, that book is in Russian. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful spiritual uh, book that uh, has not been translated into English. So I've been called, uh, I feel the calling. It, it wasn't a phone call. I feel, I feel the <laughs> calling to translate that book into English. Uh, and that's going to be a huge undertaking. So while doing that, uh, I have my second uh, book that uh, I'm writing, and that is how mm-hmm. to... Uh, uh, the third books, uh, I, the third book is out there as well in the same series. That's Seeking Balance. The second mm-hmm. book is uh, called A Calm Among the Storm, uh, mm-hmm. which is how to actually be in control of your emotions, no matter what is going on around you. I mm-hmm. needed that book because of uh, my children and all of the things that we as parents deal with them. But I realized mm-hmm. that it's a lot more to it. So I'm in the process yeah. of uh, writing that book and doing research for it and sharing not only my techniques and formulas, but what others people, uh, what others are yeah. doing that are in a high-stress mm-hmm. situation. So that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. my second book, and then translating this uh, beautiful piece of spiritual work. Wonderful. The New Love Triangle is only the first of the series, so how many more in the series can we expect? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> in truth, I know of the two others that are coming out. Uh, the you know second book is uh, Calm Among the Storm, and the third mm-hmm. is Seeking Balance. I mm-hmm. feel that there's more, but there are other books that are uh, in process that are not a part of that series. Um, in this series, I don't get as spiritual. There will be other books which are purely spiritual. So it's uh, it'll depend. There are also a couple of uh, poetry books that are coming out. Um, there's a lot of work that's uh, that's ahead. I'm truly excited about it. Yeah, I read somewhere that you've been writing poetry since you were seven years old. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, um, there are there are different uh, flavors of poetry. I am the rhyming mm -hmm. uh, poetry variety, and um, mm -hmm. I've uh, I've been hearing voices in my head, if you want to put it that way, if you want to think of it in terms <laughs> of inspiration. But I've been writing them down, and uh, mm -hmm. what I've learned later is that I've been doing some some uh, some channeling. Uh, uh -huh. But in essence, it's, it's journaling what I feel uh, within and uh, what I experience without um, mm -hmm. and writing that down in a poetic form that can be inspirational to others. Mm -hmm. Looking back in your life, Alan, when you look back, say, the time that you made this sort of transition, mm -hmm. what is the biggest difference in terms of like, wow, you didn't even imagine where you're going to be at today back then? So how um, the transition? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, the the biggest wow to me is the fact that now I wake up at 5:50 in the morning and I go meditate, uh -huh. which I never uh -huh. thought that I would be doing. Uh, not uh -huh. you know, let alone waking up that early, but actually going to meditate and sitting and meditate. <laughs> I never thought I would be doing that. Um, yeah. The the other more palpable things is um, is I'm almost done with fear almost done with fear. There are a few you know, fears that are here and there that I need to uh, get through, but release of fear, understanding my place in the universe and uh, being very happy that I actually mm -hmm. am living my essence as opposed to mm -hmm. feeling that I was far away from it. That would be the biggest difference at all. Very interesting. One of the things that I talk about is there are two but separate equal forces that govern all our decision makings, love or fear. And mm -hmm. we have a choice. Every decisions that we made are governed by those two elements. If we choose fear, you go down path number one, or you choose love, you go down path number two. Every time we make a decision, we have a choice to choose that. So apparently you're in this situation right now. You have found that sweet spot of love where you are able to make just about every decision based out of love rather than fear. True. Yeah, and uh, uh, the beautiful part of it is is that any of the paths that you take, whether you choose love or fear, you end up in the same place. You end mm -hmm. up with love anyway, because love, love is all there is. Uh, it's just if you let go of fear earlier or later in your process, mm -hmm. but you will do that anyway. So might as well do it earlier and get that process over. <laughs> so true. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life. Would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? I would love to. Uh, and again, it's very, very simple. Do whatever you can to have joy in your heart. If you have mm -hmm. joy in your heart, you will love yourself, you will love others, you will love your day, and you will be living your essence. Joy is the key to everything. Because joy is just your key and a pathway to love. Do you live with that wonderful recipe every day? I certainly do my best. To say that it always <laughs> emanates from me is untrue, uh -huh. but I do my best. And that's where the unconditionality comes in. We can strive. Right. And having 90% of joy or 30% of joy is better than having none of it. So I mm -hmm. strive to do that every single moment. And most of the time it seems to be working. Fantastic. That's a beautiful recipe for living. Any last thoughts about the new love triangle? 
Yeah, if you have an hour, pick it up. Uh, the worst thing that's uh, going to happen is you'll see or read some of my bad jokes, and uh, maybe it'll make a day. <laughs> I love the call-outs. I thought they were wonderful. The book is very, very engaging. It's very simple. It's easy to read. And like you say, it's a practical guide. It's mm-hmm. something that triggers the love side of the equation. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yes, it does. It's fantastic from that perspective. Alan, thank you so much for the time spent here on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio and for the wonderful recipe for living. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Kathy Groover. She's an award-winning author and the host of a national TV show based on her first book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. Kathy and I will be discussing her latest book, Journey of Healing, One Woman's Path to Healing Self and Others. It is a practical guide to techniques and tools to help you have a healthier and more satisfying life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. And by the way, Alan, you know Kathy Groove because she wrote a wonderful, wonderful testimonial for your book. I know her. I was just uh, so excited to hear you uh, say that you're bringing her on next week. She's awesome. Talk about joy. Kathy rocks. She dances, she (laughs) trampezes, she goes all over the world uh, speaking. Kathy is awesome. Love, love, love Kathy. This will be her second appearance on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Mm -hmm. She was on the show probably about several years ago. So I'm excited to have her back. Yeah, she has a lot of new things going on, so it'll be very interesting. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful, blessed day, and it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking your time. Thank you. Bye-bye.